0: Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting, and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Affiliate Marketing Insider explores the fast-changing world of affiliate marketing from the perspective of one of its most recognized experts. Host Linda Woods leads this ongoing discussion of important industry issues and emerging trends through her own experiences with the whales of the industry, from CEOs to super affiliates to high-impact players. It's time to get inside with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Here is your host, Linda Woods. Hello, everybody. It's Linda Woods. I'm uh, president
1: of Partner Centric. I'm your host today for Affiliate Marketer Insider. And, you know, uh, that intro is really, really relevant today, the fast-moving changes that are going on in our industry. And right now, we have one of the uh, biggest controversies and and impacts that's been going on in our industry in quite some time. Um, And today, I am just thrilled to be... uh, talking about this issue with a number of the best minds of the industry. What I'm talking about today, of course, is the New York state tax law change that happened on June 1st um, that basically is seriously affecting our industry. The tax law uh, will is essentially going to tax consumers that uh, buy from uh, affiliate links uh, where affiliates live in the state of New York and we're going to get into a little more description of what that is but it's just caused mayhem in the industry and uh, uh there are companies that are are uh killing their affiliate programs. Uh, There are people that are getting rid of all their affiliates in New York. There are affiliates who are up in arms. Consumers are upset. Um, Industry leaders are uh, confused and um, uh, having to face massive technical and legal issues to try to sort through all of the details regarding this and understand what would be the best way to go about doing business in New York. And it's just caused all sorts of messes. And so Today we are here to help clear up some of those messes, and I am delighted to have a whole panel of experts with me today. Um, the show is also going to be one hour today, because there is so much to talk about, and we have so many fascinating guests. So let me introduce our guests first and um, let them say a, a little bit about who they are, and then uh, we'll get right into some questions and the meat of the matter. Um, So first I have uh, Cicely Lancet with me. She is the president of Affiliopolis, which is an affiliate network. Cicely has been um, working very diligently on trying to understand this issue uh, directly from the New York State office. And uh, uh, welcome, Cicely. How are you today?
2: Thanks, Linda. I'm great. appreciate being a part of the discussion
1: today. Terrific. Um, our, uh, our next is Brian Littleton. He is the CEO of ShareASale, which is uh, also an affiliate network. But Brian has been around in this industry for many, many years and is a close friend and colleague in this uh, industry and has been keeping a close eye on this as well as one of the few networks to actually make a public statement about what they uh, are doing about the situation. Hi, Brian. How are you today?
3: I'm fine. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm
1: delighted to have you. I know you've been making the rounds lately, so thanks for making time. No problem. Um, also, I'm delighted to have one of my oldest friends in the industry, Linda Bouquet. She's the president of Five FiveStarAffiliatePrograms.com, and affiliate. She has taken it upon herself to really be the the uh, site that collects virtually everything being written, blogged, uh, discussed, and and pulling it all together on her site in a very comprehensive blog fashion. She's been following it closely. She has her finger on the pulse of what affiliates are saying about all this, and has some very insightful questions. Hi, Linda. How- how are you today?
4: I'm great, Linda, and thanks for the opportunity to
1: be on the show. I'm delighted to have you. So, uh, so, so let's get let's just get right into it, um, Cecily. If you wouldn't mind, could you just um, uh, let our listeners know, uh, in a nutshell, what does this law what does this law say? What is it meant to do? And sort of just give us a, an explanation um, as clearly as possible about what it is.
2: Um, Well, my understanding, Linda, from talking with a representative in the Office of Counsel to the New York State Department of Tax, with whom I've had numerous conversations, and to whom we all have collectively, including you all, um, submitted questions for their new FAQ, um, really to try to understand some of the confusing language in the law. And it's my understanding, in a nutshell, um, sort of cutting to the heart of what is kind of bothering everybody about how we define what nexus is. Um, Essentially, New York State wants to collect tax on sales that are made in New York, and before now they have not been able to do that for online sales. They see a great opportunity to cash in on revenue, and of course this is a problem for merchants because their goods are going to be higher. Um, in price, people love buying on the internet from you know because most of the time they don 't have to pay tax, so in an effort to grab hold of that revenue stream new york and I would presume that based on this um, precedent, other states will be looking for that, and their key to justifying collecting that tax is that in fact um, of New York residents who are publishers, web publishers will create a presumption of nexus, and presumption is the key word here. One of the things that they wanted to make clear to me when we talked is that it is a presumption of nexus, not nexus. If, in fact, a New York-based web publisher has a link... Uh, let me just even read you the careful notes that I took. Let me not speak extemporaneously, but I took very, very okay. careful notes. Let me, let me read this. The presumption is made that a merchant is a vendor having nexus if a website owner residing in New York has an agreement with the merchant in which the merchant pays the New York resident website owner based on referrals that result in a compensation based on sales. So if you have a link on your site as a New York web publisher in which you are being compensated on a per-sale basis as opposed to a flat fee basis, then you trigger the presumption of nexus. So links that result in commissions, and I'm simplifying this um, based on my understanding, and there are always exceptions if you want to parse the language, but Mm -hmm. commission-based links, according to my understanding from the Office of Counsel, will trigger a presumption of nexus for the vendor.
1: And so essentially that is what an affiliate does. So uh, that's really at the crux of what's going on here is that affiliates are creating this nexus or a presumption of nexus for these merchants and is why we're having uh, uh, a a rather startling um, set of of, of problems that are happening with merchants right and left. I I understand some 40 to date who have kicked out um, affiliates who live in New York.
2: Exactly, and I I think that certainly there has been a rebuttal process that was identified in this legislation. So a presumption Mm -hmm. of nexus does not necessarily mean a firm definition of nexus and there is due process that is built into the legislation. And mm-hmm. there's been some controversy on the part of experts in the industry about parsing language um, about what will constitute grounds for rebuttal. And there's mm-hmm. some conjecture on the part of, um, you know, some who say that, well, if you just have a link, then you can re- a merchant can rebut the nexus. But I'd, my understanding is that, in fact, if you have a commission paid link or a performance-based link, that that is, a, there is a presumption of nexus for a link that is compensated by commission. A mm-hmm. simple link that is a paid link or a free link does not appear at this moment um, to be, to trigger nexus, but you know, I, I think they've been very careful in the office of counsel to say mm-hmm. that, you know, to not come down firmly on any firm definitions.
1: Right. So let, let's skip over to Brian for a minute. So, Brian, why don't you fill us in from your point of view? What are the elements of this law that are uh, causing concern, questions, frustrations? Um, can you sum that up from your point of view and tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, what you are doing about the situation for your, uh, for your merchants and affiliates in your network?
3: Uh, yeah, it's actually it was it was really interesting when this first uh, came out. Obviously, we had to try and figure out a way to get the information that we um, had available to the merchants to help them out in making these kind of decisions. I would say that mm-hmm. um, the, the probably the the three things that have come up the most one. Do I qualify? So, from a merchant perspective, they have to ask themselves, "Do I qualify?" And, and, mm-hmm. and of course, there are, there are merchants of of all sizes involving themselves in affiliate marketing. Um, share of Sale, as you know, has a wide variety of merchants, but uh, you know a lot also that are that are in the um, mid market to small market range. So, there's a there's a necessity for them to have to look up this information and try and figure out if they qualify first of all. So that was the whole ten thousand dollars in in gross sales issue. Um, the in order to qualify, oh,
1: can you talk about that for a minute Nexus. before you go on? Just the 10,000 level, we didn't talk about that yet.
3: Yeah, in order to, to um, qualify for the presumption of the Nexus, <laughs> there had to be ten thousand dollars in gross sales that went to customers in New York State that came through a referral link from an affiliate based in New York. So this was that, a little tricky. So that stuff uh, is pretty hard to figure out. Yeah, well, it was a little—it was a little tricky for for um, depending on the type of platform that you were on. Because again, uh, if for one, a merchant might have a, a program on multiple networks, so they're going to have to mm-hmm. add these numbers up. Um, a merchant may uh, participate on a network that doesn't provide that type of information. Um, with us, it was challenging because we don't typically. Um, that information, that specific piece of information about an affiliate, is considered private. So we had to figure out a way around that to get the information to the merchant without um, violating our own policies in terms of private.
1: yeah. Well, and and that's a question that I have for you on that topic is, if, um, if, what for my understanding, um, some networks can provide the state and other networks, um, you know, have the state but don't necessarily provide it. But that's an easier fix to simply provide the state to merchants. But isn't it, um, isn't it difficult or not even possible in some cases to capture the sales coming from a particular consumer that that is triggering this? I mean, I understand if an affiliate lives in New York, it's being affected, but then it's also $10,000 amongst all the affiliates from consumers that live in New York. How, how are you able to extract, I mean, and, and are you even able to extract, do the consumers themselves live in New York? So or is that not an issue where the consumer lives? It's only where the affiliate lives.
3: No, it is an issue from, from the way I understand it in terms of where the consumer lives. Um, I don't know if this is the only way to solve the problem, but what we ended up doing was providing a list of those transactions that occurred during the last four New York financial quarters. So that was Mm -hmm. how the law was worded in terms of how to come up with this $10,000. It had to be within the last four New York financial quarters. Mm -hmm. So that most recent one ended on 531, so a couple days ago. Okay. So we are sending, we kind of went through a process. If a merchant is over that number total, if their Uh New York affiliates have generated more than $10,000 in gross sales total, then there's a possibility that they are over the limit on sales to New York State customers. So we're sending a list of those orders identified uh, to the merchants. The merchants are the only ones that can really match this up with the information that they have in terms of where the the order was shipped off to.
1: Right. You you don't have that information, nor does any um, network, right? I I I don't know about other other networks yet. Not who um,
3: ordered it. Right. I mean, the, 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 it could be available in, in other places on share sale. It's not, it's not part of what we're tracking. So mm-hmm. um, so
1: they'll have to match it up to their own back end. They'll have to take your order ID or something like that and then the order amount and then somehow match that up to their own back end that shows where it got shipped to. Is that correct?
3: Right. They need to know where it got shipped to because the important number is, is uh, you know, it, if, if if we provide them a report, for example, that says that you had $50,000 total in sales from New York affiliates, mm-hmm. they've got to figure out exactly which ones of those went to New York customers. Oh, my God. So that's, um, it
1: seems like <laughs> if, a
2: if the, the merchant is able to track um, all of the sales into New York that come from affiliate networks, that mm-hmm. it's only a matter um, on their end of looking at what are their Internet referrals and of those referrals, how many were sold in New York? Do, mm-hmm. do you think that's, that's what they would need to do?
3: I didn't catch the very first part of, part of what you are saying, so I was kind of lost there for a minute.
2: If, if a merchant knows the difference between their online sales and their offline sales, mm-hmm. if they have a, in, their, in their incoming, they know that they've got a certain number of sales that were offline and a certain number of sales that were online. And if if the networks are able to notify them that they see in excess of $10,000 being generated by any single affiliate or collective affiliates, then they're on notice to have to go back to their own internal records, Linda, as you've pointed out, and simply Mm -hmm. tally up the amount of records of online sales that were delivered to New York. It doesn't sound like it's too complicated to me. Am I oversimplifying?
3: some of the merchants that we've dealt with haven't haven't had any problem identifying whether or not they're, they're they've gotten the step one of this, which is defining whether or not they're they're affected. Um, you know It's a matter of getting that list of list of orders, running a quick script and figuring out where those orders were shipped right and adding up the numbers right. um, you know so that that was kind of the initial step one problem that we that mm-hmm. we um, you know had solved.
1: Well and I don't know that it I mean I think um simply is is uh is not necessarily the right word to attach to this because although in theory it's simple but what if you have thousands of transactions a day in the case of major uh retailers like the Amazons and the overstocks of the world uh you know I I mean technically yes it should be Simple to figure that out, but we are talking about just thousands and thousands and thousands of transactions to to contend with, which I think is part of the part of the reason uh, why some retailers would just say, "Hey, we're just not going to go to that trouble."
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think in, in in some cases, if you're if you're generating enough revenue to New York and you know that, um, you know, this is kind of a a process you didn't need to go through. I mean, if you if you know that your numbers are going to come through in the in the millions or ten to millions, then you know you you're, you're probably over the ten thousand. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean there's there's a there's, yeah. there's a couple. I mean, depending on the size of the merchant, they had to they had to you know somehow figure out this first piece, which is whether or not um, they were affected straight off the bat.
1: Yeah, Brian. So what? So then what? So then what else, uh,
3: Brian? Well, that was one that. If I can add in one other piece of, of complication to that. yeah, um, oh, sure. One of the interesting things that's coming out, and, and if you read the arguments from um, the Amazon uh, lawsuit, is that they're you know, an affiliate that provides an address to any, either affiliate network provider or to an independent program or anybody. They're providing that address um, And historically, that has been enough of what we've needed to send them payments, basically the only Mm -hmm. reason you know you have the information. Um, People could possibly have dual residence. They could have four or five states in which they are considered to have residence um, and pay taxes on. There's really no way to successfully identify uh, without going through here and having everybody sign, you know, legal documents as to where they have residences, there's no easy way to determine whether an affiliate has provided an address, which is the most appropriate one for the purpose of this law. Right. So if, if, a, if somebody uh, has two offices and they split their time in New York and Florida, for example, and they've provided their Florida address, um, that turned out to be a good choice for them back then. <laughs> uh, right. You know, there's, there's no way to know that they have this, this other residence in, in New York State um, you know, and that's that's part of the the issue that's coming out of the lawsuit. So, yeah. um, what we've you know what we're doing with merchants is providing this information as, as, as best as we as best as we can. I mean, if people were, were were listed as being in New York, then they're they're part of this. If they listed themselves as being in Florida, then they're not. Right.
1: Let me um, let me just stop here for a moment. We um, we have to take a, a commercial break, um, and I want to just jump right in as soon as we get back from the break. Thank you all. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stick with us. This is a fascinating topic with many different elements to discuss. We'll see you in a minute.
0: Don't go anywhere. More Affiliate Marketing Insider when we return. Susan, you're still
5: responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices. And it's
0: making us mental. What is
5: it? Aromatherapy?
0: Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all.
5: I feel like... I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, visit lyris.com or call 1-888-GO-LYRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today.
1: We got it! Put it up there, elves!
5: Wow, currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com.
0: It's time to do your thing, affiliate thing.
3: We've got Kelly Stevens from Affiliate Fair Play.
1: So you have said this report come out yesterday about forced clicks. What so want you to go out and do that research? I started
4: having a lot of affiliates asking me about the different tactics, and I started getting a sense that this is starting to happen a lot more. The talk is a lot greater than the actual prevalence. The so people are assuming that this is practice is going on a lot more than it really is. So I decided to take a look and see how many coupon sites were forcing clicks.
5: Affiliate day. it. I broadcast Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: The flamethrower.
5: WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
0: We now return to Affiliate Marketing Insider. Once again, here's Linda Woods.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back. We are here today talking about the New York State tax law that has the entire affiliate industry in an uproar. Um, I'm delighted to have with us today Cicely Lancet from Affiliopolis, uh, Brian Littleton from Sheriff and Linda Bouquet from Five Star Affiliate Programs, all of whom have been following this closely and commenting on it. And so I'm really glad to have everyone um, I, I want to introduce Linda Bouquet next. She's She's uh, had her hand raised uh, to, to speak for a minute. So, um, Linda, Linda, I know you had a couple of questions for Brian regarding um, how networks were handling it and setting things up. Brian talked about a couple of the issues that um, they have had to solve internally to help their uh, merchants with this. So, uh, so what's on your mind about this? What, what else do we need to know about?
4: Oh, I just had a question for Brian. Uh, regarding the New York tracking, right now I know everybody's scrambled to get whatever info they could, but if this New York law does in fact stick and we can't get rid of it, and especially if other states follow suit, would it be possible from a network slash merchant viewpoint for the merchant in the network tracking pixel to start passing simply? date of purchase do you know what i mean so
3: that yeah um actually yeah we've we've chatted about that um uh, with a few people um it's definitely something that, that could be a possibility i mean it's it's it would be something that we would build for example for a for all 50 states, I mean, there'd be no point in building it for for one. I mean, it's one of those things you could just kind of add in and say, "Hey, what's the what's the state or what's the zip code on the purchase?" Oh, yeah. Have mm-hmm. it be shipped off to the network and, and let those reports be done that way. I mean, we we tried to come up with something that was that was going to maintain the the privacy stuff that we have in place now. Um, you know, it may have to change because of the because of what the law does, and we want to. You know, While we're protecting the privacy, we still want to be able to provide a service and, and to give the information to those merchants. So that is definitely something that we've talked about. Um, I think it would be uh, an interesting uh, solution going forward, especially if there were this spread to more states.
1: <laughs> well, and, and that also opens up another can of worms is, is this idea of um, of protecting the privacy of the consumer. So once you start um, being able to pass along one bit of information, I'm sure that privacy advocates would be saying, well, well, wait a second, what other bits of information are you going to eventually or someday have to pass along that, that could get into a, a, a big privacy de- debate?
4: Yeah, I think merchants would have to amend their privacy policies, but they would simply be able to say, we might have to pass non-personally identifiable information, such as state of purchase, to comply with state laws. Yeah, you know, now, I'm, Linda,
1: let me let me ask you a different question. Let's switch gears for just a moment. Um, from from your perspective, uh, what what are affiliates talking about the most in relationship uh, with this? Can you sort of uh, um, tell us uh, uh, in a nutshell what are the what what is it, What are people yelling about uh, this? The both sides of the of the question.
4: Well, actually, there's several hot issues right now, I think, now that we've sort of been through the initial flurry of activity. Um, one of the big concerns is that, well, this is twofold. First of all, there are some questions being asked on A Best Web in in the New York Forum, and also Sam Harrelson on Cost Per News raised the issue of, and I think trust is the one that started it. but. One of the questions is we aren't hearing from as many merchants as we thought we would. It's not quite as bad as we thought it would be, although it was very alarming you know, when it started. And so is this maybe just like another Google frugal thing where people are making much ado out of nothing? And my perspective on that is that A, A lot of merchants, I don't think, even know about this. They might have seen a headline, but they think, that's about New York, it doesn't affect me. As we know, a lot of merchants do not proactively manage their affiliate programs. They've got a director of marketing sort of approving apps once a week, and they aren't really on top of their program. And I think a lot of those companies have no clue about this. Um, I think some merchants know about it, and have chosen to um, chosen to not react, sort of put their head in the sand. Yeah. I think others are still trying to figure it out and haven't made an announcement yet. One particular retailer, I might point out, and I'd like to give this retailer kudos, announced last week they were terminating all their affiliates and then turned around yesterday and reversed that decision. Mm-hmm. And the merchant is REI, and what they said on the ABEST web forum is, REI has dis- started, decided to start charging sales tax to New York customers, so moving forward, we'll continue to support our New York affiliates. <coughs> so evidently, after a knee-jerk reaction and having to act quickly,
1: they thought about it more or maybe got mm-hmm. legal advice and decided to change their mind. Well, and that's been my big concern, too, because I manage affiliate programs, as you all know, and um, a couple of our merchants have, have had what I felt to be a knee-jerk reaction without uh, without naming any names, but it's been like, get rid of them all, um, let's not pay anybody, we want to change the terms and conditions, we want networks to do this, and we've had some, some people who have been extremely uh, um, proactive about uh, it just Going as far as possible to get rid of uh, any affiliates having anything to do with New York, this seems to me to be overkill frankly um, and uh, 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 Cecily or maybe Brian uh, you could comment on what what do you see as being a, a more um, I don't know, thoughtful approach let's say. I'm glad to hear that REI ha- has reversed what they were doing. Um uh, li- uh, maybe maybe you can list the issues that that you see as being appropriate for uh, a, a merchant to consider.
2: Well, Brian In my view, I think that merchants are going to have to um, face the music here because as New York goes, so will the rest of the states. This is a tight economy, and states are hurting, taxes are down, and they're looking for ways to keep their budgets going. And I can assure you that this is not the last anyone has heard of um, sales tax for Internet sales. In fact, Mm -hmm. I think that what the long-term view here is, after this intermediate um, hoopla, uh, states are going to fall in line here. And in fact, merchants who sell to residents uh, in all of the states are eventually going to have to to collect sales tax, report that tax, and pay that tax. I think there is a very simple, the long-term solution here is clear. Um, This is the beginning of the end of the romance uh, on Internet sales, and I do believe Mm -hmm. that we will see, um, you know, we'll see merchants fighting this, we're going to see the lawsuits, but ultimately... Uh, I think politics will prevail. I do think yeah, that but, we're but going why, to Yeah, but why,
1: I mean, my question is, why are affiliates the one who are being penalized from this, rather than the merchants themselves just simply making sure that if a c- person lives in a particular state, they pay that tax? That's the thing.
0: Well, so, that, but um, the, the, the but reason... Brian,
1: excuse me just a minute. Brian, Brian has something he wants to say. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Brian.
3: Oh, well, I, when you were saying you thought it was a, um, you thought you had a... Uh, we're witnessing an overreaction. It just immediately occurred to me that I don't—I I would have to disagree with you on that. I think it's an underreaction when uh, merchants are, are actually removing their affiliates. Um, and the reason why I say that is, it's uh, there's nowhere really in the in the in the in the memo or the law or any of the documentation that would allow for amnesty to go backwards if a merchant removed the nexus or the presumption of the nexus. If there was. For example, if you actually did have an office in New York, okay? if you had an office in Manhattan and you had it there and you weren't collecting sales tax, you had it there for the entire year, and then at the end of the year, on the last day, you closed the office, New York State, I think, would still say that you had the nexus in the, in the um, state of New York for the entire year and you would have been forced to collect that tax. If you can take that same analogy to the affiliates, Um, in the affiliate programs, by removing them, it is is not only a knee-jerk reaction, but it may also be just the total underreaction and inappropriate step to take because it may not remove any type of um, legal difficulty for that specific merchant. Um, Right. So so you're saying that even
1: taking out the affiliates might not actually solve the problem.
3: Uh, you'd have to have uh, a legal advice on this, but from my point of view, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm reading this thing and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see that this is a solution. So the reason why I bring it up now is because uh, I do not have any idea whether this factored into specifically REI's decision, but if they made a decision and then looked at it and thought to themselves... Wait a minute, this really didn 't do anything. This really you know we removed these people and it didn't do anything it didn't provide us with any type of legal um, protection so we're going back we 're making a different decision we 're going to be start collecting sales tax and and uh, you know you saw that same reaction from um, Amazon specifically, in the sense that they began collecting sales tax and challenged it in court instead, and, and that's what I would expect to be a more appropriate reaction. Obviously, everybody can't do that, but um, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't, then you know, the, the, the protection from the law I do not think is provided by removing your affiliates. Mm-hmm. Cecily,
1: Cecily, yeah. you want to jump in?
2: Well, yes, I, I there was an amnesty period, and if merchants did not register for amnesty um, according to the way it was stipulated in the law, I think it was June first, then in fact the state can go back as far as they like um, to um, to look at the sales in, in the in the state and and you know have the merchant be liable for that
3: and the, according and the to the law. Actual... Whether
2: that plays out in the courts is another matter.
3: The last piece of that amnesty, the, the the last bullet point, is that you had to start collecting as of June first.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Right. It
3: wasn't, you know, either start collecting or remove your presumption of nexus or whatever it was. It was right, it, right. It, This is this, this is the thing you have to do. You have to start collecting tax. Right.
1: Um, um, Linda, you want to jump in on this?
4: Yes, I wanted, while we're on the subject of merchant reactions, I wanted to elaborate on something Cicely talked about at the very beginning of the show. And um, one of the other reactions, besides just dumping affiliates, what some merchants have done is change their terms of service to say, if you're a New York based affiliate, you can still promote us. By web-based links, but you can't do any other form of solicitation, and that advice largely came from the co- the LinkShare DMA call, um, which I was on, and the advice by that attorney that basically said, "Merchants, I think if you change your terms of service and don't allow email, brochures, flyers, phone calls, any other solicitation." That maybe you're okay, and Cicely and I have looked at this in detail. Plus, I spent extensive time on the phone and in email discussions with John Dozier, um, an internet lawyer at Dozier Internet Law, who's worked on a lot of affiliate marketing cases, understands our industry, and also has lots of experience lobbying on various tax laws mm-hmm. and. If you look critically at the TBS, and by the way, I put a link in the chat room for anybody to uh, look at that document, but if you critically read the TBS, there's conflicting language about whether affiliate links create nexus and whether affiliate links can even be rebutted, even if you aren't doing other forms of solicitation. And Cicely and I, as we've gotten deeper into this and ha- as she's had talks with the staff attorney at the tax department in New York, um, we think it's very possible that they're differentiating between web links that are passive flat fee links
1: and affiliate links which are paid on commission. So and doesn't it seem to be the paid on commission is the crucial part here? Because what uh, my reading of it is that when the seller enters into an agreement with a third party, under which the third party uh, acts as a seller's representative, is what's what's at at, at uh, you know at, at the issue here.
2: That and is exactly correct.
1: Right. And so the it, that does seem to apply to affiliates.
4: In a nutshell, to put it in very simple terms, um, and this is really important because I don't see anybody talking about it. I think they've all taken the advice or the stance that the DMA tax council put out there, and I'm afraid it may be wrong, but here's Mm -hmm. the delineation in short. Traditional passive flat fee advertising we believe they view more like magazine ads or TV ads, and that's just advertising and does not create nexus. Right. So, however, affiliate links, paid on commission, they are looking at just as if the merchant had physical salespeople in the state, and that does mm-hmm. create nexus, that's even right. if there's no yeah. other form of solicitation.
1: Right. So, that's the way you're interpreting it as well.
2: Absolutely. In fact, <clears throat> when we were in the conversation about, there were two paragraphs. The second paragraph said that links. Um, where it gave the impression um, that you could assume that that links were okay, but it's about links being associated with commission that that is the issue here. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I, I absolutely read it that way. And when I asked them, I said to them, okay, so it's about having someone who's deemed to be a representative of the merchant. And if you solicit, I said, does that mean, that um, solicitation, which would say, obviously, you would think of email as a solicitation, for example, um, flyers, brochures, phone calls, and he would not go any further than that. That the mm-hmm. rebuttal process, rebutting Nexus, is a process that i don 't think they are ready quite yet to certainly in a phone call to define <laughs> right. but um, with the help of um, Linda and um, Linda Bouquet and, and Linda Woods, you know the three of us have been collaborating on these questions that we have put to them. And they actually have agreed to take those questions, <clears throat> which include you know, um, requesting refinements on some of these fine points, and they have promised that they will deliver answers in writing in an FAQ that they will post. And when I asked when those questions would be available, um, he said, well, we're working on them now, but we just don't want to give a deadline. And I would imagine if they know that the industry – <laughs> While they have lawsuits that are, you know, uh, in the works, they're going to be mm-hmm. extremely careful about their language and
1: yeah. Well, know. and they're the government too. Gov- not governments of any kind aren't known to move very quickly on on any issue, particularly related to taxation.
2: <laughs> well, and in this regard to this law, especially regarding rebuttal, because everybody's right. going to be taking their number
1: to uh-huh. step
2: up to the rebuttal to rebut, plane. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, we need to take a break here. We need to get a little bit more commercials under our belt, and then we'll come back and, and talk about this some more. This is just uh, really good stuff. And um, if, uh, if anybody would like to pose a question, <clears throat> the uh, the chat room is open on webmasterradio.fm, um, and, and we can try to get to your questions there. And uh, there's just a lot to discuss. So we'll be right back.
0: Thanks, everyone. Don't go anywhere. More affiliate marketing insider when we return.
5: Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah? I get all my information online. I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. Well, Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at revenuetoday.com. Uh-oh. mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to revenuetoday.com. quality partners quality search abcsearch.com
0: welcome to madame natalia's you've come to have your future told no
5: yeah you see i'm looking for the
0: right life insurance affiliate program and i have say no more Huh? I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage.
5: Go on.
0: AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM, and they will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance,
5: visit AccuQuote.com. Market Edge with Larry Weber. Talking about the future of marketing and media with Rashad Tabakawala. Why do you think Google has just dominated so much and are they going to continue to dominate the search business? They have basically optimized giving people audiences, which is when you buy search, you buy an audience. You don't underwrite content. But they're in the content business and the fact that they monetize content. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand after the show inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You you have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
0: We now return to Affiliate Marketing Insider. Once again, here's Linda Woods. Hi everyone, we're back uh, here
1: again discussing the New York State tax law and how it affects the affiliate industry. Um, lots of interesting points uh, going around here. Um, I wanted to uh, start next uh, with Brian uh, Littleton from ShareSale. Um Brian, so what other problems do merchants face complying with this, both for New York and possibly other states? And and do you see any any solutions?
3: Presumption that um, let's say you're a merchant that has decided that the best way to go here is to begin collecting tax for New York sales in the in the short term until something is figured out in the courts. Um, once you even get to that point, you really need to get out there and get some. Real good legal and tax advice, and contact you know the state of New York, even because there isn't just one code. You know, there's there's something like fifteen thousand tax codes in the United States in terms of counties and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that's a further burden that's being placed on the merchant. You know, the the the, the interesting point about. The whole thing is there's been a lot of debate on it from the consumer level. This actually is not a new tax of any kind. It's just a sales tax that's been in place for, uh, you know, I don't know how long, but a long time. And New York residents, when they do purchase, they owe this tax no matter whether this law was enacted or not. This law is about trying to get online retailers to become the tax collection arm, so to speak, of the state of New York. That's right. So this is not, uh, you know, something that's new. Um, There are, you know, like I said, something like fifty thousand tax codes that are out there i don 't know how many are in new york um, mm-hmm. I, and and what you know you 're exactly supposed to collect obviously that 's something that you would go through with New York when you were registering as a vendor um, but that 's one of the real concerns going forward is because if merchants are forced to Become these tax collectors, then they're going to have to keep track of an enormous amount of information and, and, and really, um, you know, file all these uh, forms and paperwork and all these kinds of things. That's why you know we were talking about it earlier. I don't think it's going to get to the point, um, personally, where we are. Forcing merchants to collect sales tax in individual states or counties or even a, a, along those lines, I think it will probably end up somewhere in Congress with some kind of national tax that takes place on on, on the sale of a of a good out of state. Because um, I mean, any it, 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 if you t- if you look at it from a federal legislation point of view and from an economic point of view, um, it's pretty obvious that if you make somebody keep track of fifteen thousand tax codes, your economy would come to a grinding halt. <laughs> So that's um, you know that's where we're going to need a little leadership and a little wisdom from from somebody on, you know in Washington. But
1: well, and do you think essentially it seems to me that's why Overstock and Amazon and possibly others are jumping in with litigation of their own to, to to make sure that this doesn't become a domino effect across other states and to to also put it completely into perspective about what's really being asked of online retailers. Do you think that's the case?
3: Well, well, one would one would certainly hope that the that the um, suit, especially the Amazon uh, suit that was filed, I haven't read over the Overstock complaint, so I don't know anything about it. But um, if it's ruled if, as an unconstitutional law, and if that's the ruling, then that's going to help everybody. Mm-hmm. If it's simply ruled that it is constitutional, but Amazon somehow is exempt from it because of their complaint. And because of the the things that they have displayed as unique to their own business, that isn't necessarily going to help all of us. That could just <laughs> yeah, we're not all on. Amazon, right? <laughs> right, because if I mean, if it's just a, a kind of a, a one way ruling, then um, that's not going to help us. We, what we really need is, to, is for it to be you know seen as unconstitutional or for there to be some other government clarification like i said this is not a new tax it's it's mm-hmm. money that's owed by uh, new york residents as part of their whole giant tax code um, so, if there's another way for them to to get this money without having this effect on retailers, um, then that would be also a solution that would work as well. Um,
1: yeah, know, I bracket. guess what I'm confused about, and maybe and maybe some of the listeners are are too, is is I know that when I shop online, uh, for example, one of the places that I shop online, and I'll, I'll, I'll give away my my uh, personal interest, uh, is Wine. dot com. I like wine. I shop online. I buy on Wine. dot com. Uh, they are in California. I'm in California, and I always pay a sales tax to that to that company. I don't buy through affiliate links. I I, I don't understand precisely why affiliates are being targeted as the entity that creates nexus. I mean, I understand they're being viewed as outside salespeople or sales sellers of some reason. So is 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 that? Really, the 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 issue here. They're a salesperson in that state, and so that's what's triggering this whole thing. Is is that really at the crux of it here? I, I want to make sure everybody's clear on that. Yeah, there's a
2: pre-existing um, uh, court decision that, and I um, I I don't have that research in front of me. But the decision said that in order to um, require a merchant to collect sales tax that they had to be physically present in the state, yeah, so looking at the law in the uh, the previous you know legal precedent, what they tried to do here, I think is to use that basis in interpreting this new legislation that in fact, a physical presence is that warm body, that person, that resident in New York who is acting on behalf of the merchant. And I believe that that is where the the genesis of that came from.
1: Yeah, so that's a very, very broad view. I think the other worrisome part here, too, is that for for, uh, many, many, many uh, e-tailers, um that pricing is such a big issue and somebody brought this up earlier in our call is that by adding sales tax to to any product no matter what state you're in essentially the consumer is able to choose well you know what i think i won't buy from that particular retailer because there's a tax involved and conversion rate goes down um uh, brian have have you seen some some uh, data around that
3: well, we haven't gotten any uh, official data in, but we were doing some some calls with a few merchants, and uh, a couple of them had indicated that, you know, for example, their home state is whatever it is, and uh, mm-hmm. when they see orders, their conversion rate orders from the states where they actually do have physical presence versus the ones where they where they do not is is greatly different. Sometimes up to uh, half of what it is in states that are outside.
1: Yeah, so, depending so that's on the industry, really going to hurt merchants. That's hurting merchants as well.
3: Yeah, I mean it, that's that's where that's where you're getting the knee-jerk reaction, if you want to call it that, because you're, you're yeah. looking at a, you're looking at a state where they may do you know millions of dollars of business and saying, okay, we're going to cut that by what, and they're looking mm-hmm. at that and looking at that number and then looking at the revenue from New York affiliates and it's and then then that's where they're making their decision. Well,
1: and you know there's one other piece to this that we didn't talk about yet um in in terms of uh of the wisdom of of New York state in in um, in putting this together. Um let's say, I mean, I I don't think anybody knows how many affiliates live in New York. Has anyone seen data around that? Cuz I I don't think so. So mm-hmm. so but let's say, I don't know. Let's say there's 2,000 and I'm just totally making that up. I have no idea how many there are. Um, and those people all make money. That they pay uh, income tax on, so now they're wiped out. They aren't able to earn any money. Doesn't I mean you know, isn't New York State sort of cutting off their nose to spite their face? I mean they're going to make great tax, question. but not uh,
2: income tax. You know what, Linda? We asked them that in the FAQ. We said to them, um, "Has the state considered the loss?" of revenue to affiliates and the ensuing loss of tax, income tax, business tax, paid by those affiliates. And, you know, that's in the FAQ. We're dying
1: to see what they say. Oh good! I'm glad that was addressed. Um, I want to make one point and then uh, and then Linda has some things to say too um, so So I want to make sure that I understand uh, that there is at, at this point uh, kind of two ways to go i mean i 'm sure there are many ways to go, depending on any merchant's interpretation of the legal aspects of this law and how it relates to their own business. But it seems like to me that you can either uh, you can either. Get rid of all of your affiliates in New York State in order to uh, not have uh, any nexus whatsoever, um, or you can start charging sales tax in New York and not kick your affiliates out. D- it, does that seem to be a, a fair representation, uh, uh, Cecily, uh, Brian? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think, think that's I think that's the two things right. that people are doing. That, that's basically it. So, I mean, there could be some other ramifications, but, but, uh, it seems, I mean, I just want to clear things up for anybody listening about, so what should I do? And, and also, you, everyone listening does need to speak to their own attorneys about this, and, and clearly you have to be over the $10,000 in sales and, and, and a number of factors, but, but, um, so basically those are the, the two big choices, assuming that you, uh, that you are, um, uh, that you are uh, ha- that you have to pay this tax. I Couldn't find the word I wanted there for a minute. Um, Linda, um, why don't you give us a recap, if you would please, on on how uh, both affiliates and uh, merchants can find out more about this um, and and to better understand what's out there, what's being said, and how they can keep up to date on this issue.
4: Yeah, here's some further resources and some some of the where you can find some of the latest news. Sean at Affiliate Tip, revenues, and my five star affiliate blog seem to have the most and latest breaking news as far as blogs go. Um, a couple brand new things that just came up. Wade Tonkin just let me know this morning he has a podcast with Clark Walton from Walton Web, Web Law. He's uploading right now about this issue, so as soon as I get that link, I'll post it. Peter Boards, the CEO of Media Trust, has been trying to get the IAB involved to help give us some leverage, and they're having another meeting about that shortly. I'll provide news when I find it. Also, Peter Boards told me he has someone interviewing Patrick Byrne from Overstock about their lawsuit and their perception of the New York issue, so I'll post that link when I find it. ABEST Web has the most active, up-to-date info about including a list of merchants that have dropped affiliates, merchants who are supporting affiliates, as well as a list of merchants that already have New York Nexus, therefore, are unaffected and safe for affiliates. Also in the ABW. Oh, Web... Um,
1: Linda, um, let me stop you right there. Uh, would you be able to uh, to post that information on your blog as well for people who are not necessarily a part of the ABW community? Um, I won't be able to, I don't think, because A-Best
4: Web has a pretty strict um, copyright notice on their forum that you can't post anything from the forum, so uh, okay. people need to okay. go there. The other thing is, if you're a New York affiliate impacted about this law, New York affiliates are planning a meeting for July, and you can find that at ABW. Additionally, the affiliate summit is talking about having a Sunday session about the New York tax law. I don't think it's been confirmed, but I think that's going to happen
1: and that's affiliate summit in boston in august and so anybody interested in that that's affiliate dot com and that's their boston conference in august so keep tuned with that um, we have a few more minutes um... brian uh... any any last uh, comments or words about this that you'd like to share
3: um... while you, while you were asking us about the two uh... the two uh... options that merchants were taking I, I did kind of forget about a third one that i was seeing, um... and that's the addition of the new terms, we talked about it earlier, but the addition of the new terms which would restrict the activity of which a New York affiliate could um, partake in online. And that um, was the clause in the law that talks about only having a link and not doing any email solicitation or calling or things like that. So mm-hmm. um, the merchants basically I've seen that have been doing three things one, dropping them, two, collecting sales tax, or three, adding additional terms to their agreement to try and cover um, the things that they feel are, are excluded from the law.
1: Mm-hmm. But there is some controversy over that third point about whether right. or not it creates nexus or, or not, simply even having an affiliate there. Right. So uh, I do a- deeply appreciate the merchants who, um, who are using uh, point number three, because that, I think, is very supportive uh, of the affiliate industry. Um, Cicely, uh, uh, last uh, comments. Um, any points you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well,
2: I think the minute those FAQs get published, um, we're gonna be uh working with Linda, you, you and Brian also to get the word out and make that F.A.Q. site uh, reachable for folks and they Great. continue to uh, receive questions. So, uh, Great, I'll
1: have you back on the show for that Cecily, I think that would be a really good re, uh, recap to this whole situation. Mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody uh, here, uh, Linda, Cecily and Brian for showing up today. Um, I know that I, I had spoken to representatives from, from Commission Junction, they were anxious to be here, but what they're faced with is they, they're wanting to come up with a rather comprehensive list of Of workarounds issues uh, terms of conditions uh new feature sets, and they were simply unprepared to list all of the different things that they're that they 're trying to do to to uh, um, you know to assist their network in this matter so um, so you know there will be more about that i 'm sure that will come out in in uh, uh, their communications, as well as on the boards and whatnot. So, um, uh, Brian, thank you very much for everything that you've done for your network. Um, I, I really always appreciate networks who speak out on the, on these um, very tough issues that come up from time to time. Linda, thank you for being such an excellent repository and collector of all of the information out there. It makes it much easier for our listeners and and for the industry at large to understand what's going on. And Sicily, thank you for taking the you know taking the the the, the uh, initiative to reach out directly to officials over at the New York State office and for everyone for their um, insightful comments about this and clarity about it. Um, for any any of my clients that are listening, any of my prospects that are listening, please feel free to contact me directly, Linda at PartnerCentric.com. I would love to get feedback from the affiliates as well uh, out there of what's going on um, in your minds, how this can be approached, what What you're doing about it Um, it, it, This is really a huge thing for our industry And I want to thank everyone for participating And for your feedback And uh, I I hope that that, uh, We can limit this to one state And and not see uh, just a crazy Domino effect among all states I think it would create a huge burden on Not only the affiliate industry But e-commerce in general And we certainly don't need that In this time uh, of an economy That's just a a little bit on the shaky side So um, hooray for internet marketing I think it's a terrific uh, industry. I think all of you are amazing, smart people. I love how it works. And um, that's all for now, folks. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.